Listener Production. Listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by myself, Elodie Pullen, and me, Chloe Fisher. A place where we ground womanhood's unspoken experiences from grief to fertility and everything in between. Join us while we transform our pain into power, encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful. Darling Shine is your chosen family and your survival kit for the unexpected shit life throws at you. Hello, everybody, and hello, Ree. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. I wanted to give everyone a bit of a background on who Rhee is and why we've got her on the potty. So basically, Rhee and I met a few years back because her partner, Ronald, and Paul, my partner, Mm. are friends. Fun fact, Paul actually grew up in South Africa. He was actually there with his mum since he was like a baby up until I believe the apartheid ended or about 1994. And I think he was about nine years old. And then they left the country and they came back to Australia to leave him, his brother and his mum. So Ronald and Paul were not close growing up, but they had friends of friends. And so since Paul has become a DJ, Ron works in the music industry in um, South Africa and he's got us over there and Paul's played over there and Rhea and I naturally became best friends. We just get along like a house on fire. She's actually, Mm. she's a a full-time fashion designer She's wearing one of her designs, I think, She's at the moment. Such Sissy a vibe. Boy. Love that. <laughs> what? Sissy Boy. Sissy and then boy. she's also a part-time DJ. She DJs. She, actually, she helps me with a, a few of my, my tunes. Um, and she's a self-declared colourful dose of dopamine. And isn't she just? Look at her. Actually, look, she's her own description. She's wearing her pink shirt, her multicoloured necklaces, and her crystals around her neck. So she's my kind of gal. Ree's the best. We, Elodie and I, Ree actually came and stayed with us in Ibiza with Elle and Minnie, so they all got to meet. And we were best friends straight away. naturally all best friends. (laughs) There's just so many funny Ibiza stories, but once, like, I remember I got chatting to Ree when we were in one of those fucking big cab rides from one of the planes to, like, (laughs) one of his shows and then found out that you actually met your biological mum when you were, like, what, was it 18? And do you know how there's so many people that are also adopted, right? And I just mm. thought this would be such an interesting chat. Totally. So set the context because I want to talk about, before we jump into that, I want to talk about where you grew up, what was your upbringing like, mm. like whereabouts in South Africa you grew up, your family life. Cool. So I was born in Joburg, um, which is um, the big city in South Africa. I was an only child. My two parents... Yeah, so unfortunately they couldn't have kids. So I was kind of like a blessing for them. I was a little miracle baby that just came out of the sky (laughs) and literally was, yeah, I had the best childhood. Like I literally feel super blessed and grateful for the upbringing I had, like had the most incredible family forever, like just feel very lucky for the whole journey. But basically my mom and dad couldn't have kids and They were married for like 10 years and yeah, they tried and they tried and my mom did IVF and she did all those things. And thing is like, they didn't actually know back then, like who it was, like whether it was my mom or my dad who couldn't actually have kids. It was like irrelevant to them, but eventually they came to the conclusion that they wanted to adopt my mom was more open to it. And she said to my dad, like, cool, she really wants to adopt. And he was kind of like opposed 
opposed to it, like he wasn't keen, but like a year or two later, he came back to her and he said, I'm actually ready and I want to adopt, which is super cute. And then, yeah, like maybe two years later, I arrived and yeah, I literally had yeah an incredible childhood. Like looking back, I wouldn't change anything, but from a very young age, like literally as far as I can remember, like my mom would always like try explain to me that she didn't hold me in her tummy. Um, and obviously as a baby, like you don't really understand what that means. So as I got older, I kind of realized, okay, this is like a weird concept, you know, yeah. like it never really affected me, but I had like a little storybook and it was like on adoption, which was super oh. cute that she used to speak to me and like all these cute little things. And yeah, she was just very, very open. Like since I was like a toddler basically. And as I got older, I kind of understood it more. But my mom was incredible. She was very close with the biological family. She would write letters just to like let them know how I was doing. And they would send me birthday gifts and like very cute. Mm. Like I always knew that I had this other family, which so basically you're only allowed to meet the family when you are 18. So that's just by law. Is, um, sorry, is that just a South African thing or is that everywhere? Because I, I didn't know that you had to wait till you're 18. No, I think it's by law because um, you go through like an adoption agency and basically when when you are 18 is like when you are, I don't know, can drive and drink. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know, meet your parents, I don't know. And you got to <laughs> make that category? <laughs> <laughs> when you're an adult doll. When you're an adult and you can make your own decision. I know, I, I'm not sure. Maybe it is younger, but... I don't know, through in South Africa, through this agency, whatever it is that. But I do think it is 18. It's not, it makes sense. Um, you know, like you're wise enough to make your own decisions. Yeah, no, I think in Australia, it's a little bit different about adoption from what I understand anyway. Do you feel but like- yeah, I was always part of it. Like my mom was like, yeah, when you're 18, you can meet your mom, your, your biological mom. And I was like, okay, like it just felt so like distant. But I like, didn't really. Wow. When you were like, you know, by the time you're like 12, 13, 14 years old, you're, you're, con- and you know about this other woman, what's going through your mind mm. at that point? And you're like, fuck, i got to wait till I'm 18 to meet this chick. To be honest, so basically the whole reason that I was given up for adoption was that she was, she was like 15, 15, wow, okay. 16. She felt pregnant with me. Um, and like, I can't even imagine like what she had gone through, like birthing me and then giving mm. me away. Like it's something I often So it was like, not by choice? So obviously it was for my... Mm. benefit mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I think for whatever reason she decided to keep me and she didn't abort me mm-hmm. you know and to then give me away is so profound but I mean it was for me you know for mm. like my best interests at the end of the day yeah that must have been really hard for her but yeah so it must have been a decision between her and her family so they actually sent her away for like the last three months of her pregnancy to the orphanage Mm. to go and like do her third trimester which is so hectic she was like all alone and then yeah I think she gave birth to me there and that's where my parents came to fetch me like a few days after I was born. But, and then that's where I met her when I was 18, which is quite sweet. Like we went back there. I couldn't believe this story when you were telling me that your mum kind of like had to give you away. And I remember like, we were like literally crying in the car. I just 
Wow, Ray, I was, I couldn't believe it because um, I also, I know a lot of people are adopted and maybe they don't talk about it, but I was just like, it was such a crazy story. And yeah. I want to know about the first moments when you met your biological mum, because obviously your adopted mother is like, you call her mum. She is considered your real, like, yeah, your mum. Yeah, this is what I was actually explaining to you guys. It's like people get so confused when you like speak about the topic because I don't think people actually speak about it often. But yeah, your parents are your parents. Like the people who raised me are my parents. Like when I speak about my biological mother, she's Tanya. Like that's who she is in my life. She's my family, but I don't see her as like my mother who raised me. Like obviously I'm conscious of where I came from, her womb, but she's like a family member. Like, you know? Yeah. My mom and my dad are my mom and my dad. So going back to your question, so what's super cute is when I met Tanya, she was actually pregnant. Um, Whoa. Second child after me. I mean, well, her first child after me. So like we came full circle. Do you think that she felt like when you first met and you, you know, the anticipation to meet and because she was pregnant, did you know she was pregnant before you met her? Before you no, had that no, meeting? No. Do you think, do you, have, no have you ever spoken to her about that moment where did she feel like a bit of like sadness in the sense that this is her second pregnancy and you were her first and she had to give you up? her side, I mean, it's insane. Like, obviously, she's yeah. so much trauma of her own. Like, yeah. we can go into, like, trauma of, like, being adopted, which is a, se- a separate thing. But, yeah, it must have been, like, a whole different experience for her this time, you know? Yeah. She wasn't hiding it and she was, like, stepping into being pregnant. But very sweet because my little brother, I've known him since he was born now, which is really cute. And you guys and are really close, hey? Yeah, we're super close. Like from the moment we met, it was like, that's another thing. It's crazy. Like your parents are your parents and who raises you and brings you up. Obviously you hold all the things that they've taught you and you are like a version of them. But then when I met Tanya, like her laugh is like mine. Weird. Like, and yeah, it's I'm like, that's weird. Like mannerisms nah. and... She's a fashion designer as well. No like, way. I was like, what? So weird. So like weird things that you inherit. But yeah, I honestly didn't think I was not whole until I met her. Like I thought I was like, I'm so whole. Like uh, this is not going to change my life sort of thing. But when I met her, I was like, oh my God. Like there was a huge part of me missing. Really? Um, oh. And it's just like super important to know where you come from. Like I know a lot of people don't want their kids to meet their biological family or like don't want to speak about it or whatever. But I just honestly, like there's so much around like mental health and people trying to figure out who they are. Like, I just think it's really important to know where you come from. Um, And even if it's not meeting them, just speaking about it and like telling the child where they come from, you know? Did you go through phases through your adolescence where you were like, I really want to know my biological mom or I really don't? I I feel like as a teenager, you go through those waves. When I was little, I was like, I was actually like, not scared, Mm. but I just, I actually avoided the whole topic together. Like my mom would, and like my mom was incredible and my dad, they would always like speak about it with me. And I'd be like, I don't want to talk about this, you know, like I don't want to open these presents. I don't want to read these letters. Like you are my family. Like you are my parents. Like I couldn't put my, like wrap my head around having this other family that I didn't know. Like actually kind of scared me. So like growing up, 
I was always like, mm, you know, a bit like wary of this, this topic. And then as I got older, I like was more interested. And the second I met Tanya, I was like, oh my God, like I'm so proud of the fact that I'm adopted. And this is an incredible story. You know, where, the, where this, when I was younger, I felt a bit of shame. So I actually have a good story. So when I was at school, I think I was like six. And the teacher was like, oh, the school is adopting an animal. Does anyone know what adoption means? And oh, I was yeah. like, me. I mean, I know what adoption means. Obviously, the Leo, like, sent of attention. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm adopted. And then the teacher phoned my mom and she was like, your, your child's telling lies at school. Oh, my gosh. And my mom was like, uh, no, like, it's not a lie. You know, like, she's adopted, you know. And they were like, oh, well, why didn't you tell us that she's adopted? And my mom was like, because I don't want you to treat her any differently. And, yeah. like, is like, there a box that you have to tick on an enrollment form to say they're adopted? Like, no. Oh, like, they're your mum and dad now. No. And they were like, we didn't want her to be treated differently. And so some kids from school actually remembered that. And like, I felt like I was kind of like bullied in a way mm. uh, on the topic. Like kids would be like, oh, so like you're an orphan, you know? Oh. Um, and so I was always shamed, ashamed by it because I was like, oh my God, I'm different, you know, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh my God, that's special. Dude, you know, like, even though like, obviously you, your parents, everyone was so open about it and you were so okay with it. Do you still feel like there was a tiny, like deep down sense of like abandonment feeling for you? That- yeah. And it actually came up for me a bit later in life. Um, like when I was like started having relationships, Mm. like friendships, like relationships with boys or whatever, I actually did suffer like a bit, like as I got older, like I had this weird abandonment thing and thank God for my mom being so open and like aware of like me and whatever. She was like, you know what? I actually think this is like deep rooted, like abandonment because there's no reason, like no one in my life has ever abandoned me, Mm. you know? So it must have been from that trauma stored in my body from baby because yeah, you do like it, it is a thing like with adopted children that they do have this trauma trapped in their body and God can come out, I suppose, whenever Um, you just have to be like aware of it. And it was a difficult time trying to navigate this weird abandonment thing, but yeah, it's fine. Like I, I dealt with it and I'm okay. Survived. <laughs> I love you so much. You're honestly like such a ray of sunshine. You're a breath of fresh air. I love you so much. I honestly, like, I think that for someone who's gone through what you've gone through and like from such a young age and the trauma and everything, for you to pop out the other end as this insanely confident, glowing, mm. bright person. And like, honestly, you're one of the, my favorite people to be around because there's never any like negativity. There's never any Seriously. like nothing wrong. You can always like bring anyone out of the darkness. If you're having a shit day and Reed just like pops around the corner, you're like, Yes, Bing. there we go. What are we going to do today? It's so so true. And often I find it's the people with the most fascinating stories that are that like ray of light for everyone else. That's definitely you, yeah. doll. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the Oliver Roosevelt um, documentary. No. Have you watched it? I actually haven't. I have who... heard of it though. What is it? Dude, I literally was not expecting that at all. But like his documentary, so Oliver Roosevelt, am I saying it correctly? Yeah, he's Oliver a fashion Roosevelt. designer. 
Awesome. Yeah, he's the designer for Balmain. Yes, oh, Balmain, okay. yeah. I've not heard of this at all. But his documentary is about oh. the fact that he was adopted and it's like it's him trying to find his mother. Like it's so intense. Stop. Definitely recommend it. And it just like made me like just watching that. And that's maybe why I'm just stoked just because like I have such a good story. Like I don't feel like I don't know where I came from. And like this poor bloke is like bloke is trying oak, to find other he's poor oak oh he's <laughs> trying to find his mother and he has no idea who she is and like to this day he's still no on way. this journey trying to find out who she was apparently she was like this 14 year old somalian wow. like woman but it is really um, it is a really it is actually a thing because like i've been reading all these books lately just in context for me about like surrogacy and adoption because obviously we're really struggling to have a baby. I'm like, I really want to know my other options. And people can, they sign these agreements that the people that are donors and stuff like that, some people don't ever want to be known. And I'm just like, everyone has their own reasons, but hearing your story and like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for you and that sense and exactly what you said, you felt whole after, even though that she's Tanya and your mother is your mother, it doesn't change anything for you. You were a bridesmaid at Tanya's wedding, weren't you? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so cool. we literally became so close. And we like are literally a big family now. And like I see it as like my family just keeps getting bigger. Like how cool is that? Like without even trying, I just keep meeting people who are my family, whether it's blood or not. It's just like my family is getting bigger. And now I have a sibling where I never had a sibling my whole life. Like it's really cute, you know? How old is, like, how old how is your little I... brother? He's like a baby. Um, so how old are you now? He's 30. I'm 28. Oh, so baby. baby when she was with us. Oh, yeah, true. Oh, that was fun. Forget about that. <laughs> I did. Eh? Actually, it was Ronald McDonald's birthday as well. That was so fun. Ronald McDonald yeah. and Ree can party. Yeah. I just felt very like, I just thought it was so cute how you were saying how your mannerisms are so similar to your mum's, yet she had yeah. been absent until you were 18. And I just think, I just keep thinking, I hope that Minnie has some of Chumpy's mannerisms. Because she's oh. all you, babe. She looks like Chumpy, but she's got your personality. <laughs> she better have some of his mannerisms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's the same thing. You're. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's not the same, but it's very similar. Like your mum wasn't there until no, like you were 18. Interests, interests and Smart. taste, I think, is one thing. Like, um, Do you look yeah, like just her? like really alike? Like completely. Like she really? is like gorge. She's gorge. Because you're basically um, like sisters in age almost. Totally. Literally, she looks like my sister. And she's like in her 40s now. She literally looks like she's like 20. So that's great. Great dreams. Yes. Perfect. I'll take that. That's so cool. I hope that more people can <laughs> to talk about, you like, know. I just think as well for me and like in my position, like being 31 and having to even like think about this, it's been a really hard thing to think about mm. just in general because like I really want to hold my own baby. But hearing stories like that and hearing you talk about that, I'm like, it's actually okay. Like your yeah, child look, is your child, you know, at the end of the day. And if you bring that child yeah. up, you know, even though you're not the birth mother, adopting a child really doesn't kid. make any difference. It makes no difference. Like the only difference would be maybe, I don't know, inheriting 
diseases or like yeah. your your DNA or whatever. But in terms of like who you are as a person, like who raises you is everything. Like it literally has nothing to do with your DNA. Like family yeah. is like you can choose your family. And like I know that now. And my mom so is super true. spiritual and you guys love this shit. But so she went to like a medium and the medium told her that me and her have been in each other's life forever. Like we've wow. always been oh. in each other's lives, like my mom. So that's really special, you know, like it's meant to be. It is so true. You can choose your family. You can choose your family. Yeah. And sometimes blood is not thicker than water, doll. Totally. I remember when I was asking Ray like about, because I was like, I want to come and visit you. Like I've never been to South Africa. And I, I remember being like, is it safe? And she was like, well, I've got another crazy story about my upbringing. And I was like, <laughs> don't. I'm not sure how much more I can handle because I'd already been crying about you meeting your mum, your biological mum for the first time. And then you dropped this other bomb on us. Do you want to tell us about when you were growing up? Yeah. So this is actually why I moved from um, Joburg to Cape Town. Um, so it's it's like a normal thing, like, to be robbed, basically, <laughs> in Joburg. Like, people, there's, like, a lot of family break-ins, I mean, house break-ins and stuff. And it's so, a sort of thing, like, you never think it's going to happen to you. And anyways, one day I was watching 40-Year-Old Virgin with my dad, and we went to bed and like, for some reason I was lying in bed and I just felt like super uncomfortable. And like, I never fall asleep with the lights on, but I was just like, okay, keep the lights on when I go to sleep. Weird. And I couldn't sleep, but I was like tossing and turning. And then I think like maybe like 15 minutes later, like four men like walked into my bedroom, like fully grown men. Bumps. Again. And I was like, fuck, like this is happening. How old Like it was quite, fuck. I was 18. Fuck, a lot happened when I was 18. Fuck, sis, that was a big year. Fuck, man. Nah. Yeah, anyways, so they walked in and I was like, shit. Like in my head, I I knew what was going to happen because normally what happens is like they'll tie up your family and rob you and like walk out the front door. And all I was thinking is like, oh my God, like if, if they get to my parents, like I will not be able to watch them be tied up. Like I could not deal with that, you know? So I was just like, thank God, like my instinct was to just go crazy. Like I went ballistic. I started screaming, kicking, punching. Also, I was thinking they were going to rape me. Like that was of what was going through my head. Because there was like four of them in my bedroom. I was like, there's like a oh huge house you guys have got in there. Anyways, oh so um, the first three men like kind of got a bit of a shock when I saw them. And then like obviously the boss came in and he was like holding a gun and he, he just started like, fucking me up with the gun like on my head like he literally like started yeah he literally anyways he basically beat me with the gun um I had like 10 stitches in my head it was a nightmare but anyways I scared them away though guys like I scared them away like I was screaming bloody murder my dad heard thank god and he like ran up the stairs and set the alarm off and they just ran away they didn't even steal anything they literally just came there dropped some trauma bombs on my bed like like I needed anymore and then fucked off. They never found them. Um, Dropped some trauma so yeah, bombs and fucked off. Trauma <laughs> bombs. That's a, that's a, oh my God. Statement. I have heard yeah. that story, but I've got full body goosebumps and I'm like already, I'm shocked again. Because oh. that is like, I like scary. I don't know if I've ever dealt with it. Like, I don't know. I definitely need to go. Like, I did go to trauma counselling and stuff. I don't know. It's just like one of those wow. things like, shame. I feel bad. Like now I'm giving a bad rep for South Africa, but it no. is something a lot of people like have to deal with on a daily basis is like crime like in Joburg like you literally live in like 
jails. Like walls are super high. Yeah. It's like electric fences, alarms. It's like living, you know, yeah, and then they're still is. able yeah. to get so which like is crazy. It's not planned crime. Fuck, when you went and told your friends or like when you went and told people about that story the next day or when you were speaking to people, were they like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, that's just another, that's normal around you? Oh, fuck, you know, now it's happened to you, damn, sorry. Like I've heard, like I have like heard way worse ones, like where like. I would seriously. Like tied up and shit. I'd be taken immediately because I'd be like, just take me. We're so sheltered. I don't think I would scream or anything. I'd just be like, take me, it's fine. Like, oh I don't know. God. I don't I know. know what I'd do. I'm such, I a, think, I'm such a, I'm such a little I'd like to think girl. I would scream, but you know when you're in so much shock that you can't even make a noise? That's what I reckon I would do. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I just knew that they needed to hear me. Like, my parents needed to hear me, if that makes sense. Else oh, they would have, yeah. they, well, they probably saw me and they, they knew exactly who I was. They were watching our family. Like, they knew how to get in. They knew I was the most vulnerable victim to come to me. They probably thought I would be quiet and like, go and sleep with one eye open. open. Yeah, but I was like, not brew. I am fighting. <sighs> Thank God your parents yeah. were home as well. Yeah, and my mom was like, oh my God. When she woke up, she's like, I thought you, I thought you saw a spider. Like, <laughs> you know? <And> was, <laughs> no, Tana. Like, I just want to do like the most she like put me in the bath and she was kind of like she, she didn't couldn't like grasp what had happened you know oh and I was like oh. to be honest like my parents never really could grasp it because they never faced it so like I didn't want to sleep in my bed I didn't I actually just wanted to leave that house and like yeah, move of course. um they, they couldn't understand how bad it was you know Oh. Um, but yeah my, my room was tainted the whole thing was tainted I was just like just I'm going to Cape Town I'll see yeah. you guys. Catch your joke, bug. <laughs> Fucking no, peace man. out. Oh no more goodness. trauma bombs. I think you've been through too much and I I hope to God it's a bit more smooth sailing from here on. Onwards and upwards no, no, from 18. It's been smooth sailing so far. It's been smooth sailing. And shout out to Ron McDonald. We, oh. we miss him. He's the best. He's the best. We miss him. It's actually, it's actually funny. Paul always says, he's always just like, he's just such a pocket rocket. He's like, I just don't know how Ron can keep up with her. He just has to be like, you go, you go do your thing. Yeah, he's like, he's back in that escape. All you guys dorsing in a beat then. I was like, kick ass, come, I'm ready to party. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> it's like napping. I was like, no, it's not napping. Yes, it's, it's not napping. Yeah, Ray was quick to call it. was quick to call it. Call the napping in straight away. It's not napping. Me and Chloe, every five seconds, are like, wait, can we sneak in and nap? And Ray's like, no, we are going to the club now. And I was like, I'm so tired. Moral of the story, everybody needs a re in their lives. Yeah, hype girl. Next time we're going wow. we're, we're to get you guys to Oz. We need her. We need her. It's been so good to chat to you, sis. It makes me miss you more. Thank you so much Just for coming on. Love you. Love you. <laughs> 